Welcome to the All Dogs Are Good Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Dick from Pack Leader Health, and today we're going to be making sense of dog behavior and dog training for the everyday dog person. Hello, welcome to season two of the All Dogs Are Good Dog Podcast. I just decided one day that this was going to be the second season, so here we are. We are going to be talking about reward systems today, how to wean off food, why to wean off having to use as much food, and how to essentially get your dog to a point where you're using less and less food and tools. I'm not saying you have to wean off, to- uh, wean off tools or food forever, but I think a lot of people don't really understand how they need to take their dog to the next level, how to not keep them in kindergarten forever when it comes to reward-based training. Since this is primarily a podcast that's centered around DIY dog training and for clients, I'm going to keep things relatively simple and not get too into the weeds here. But what I see more often than not when working with clients who have been through R plus or force free training or positive only training, whatever you want to label it, is dogs who are psychotically frustrated about food. And part of the reason that is is because these dogs have been Pez dispensed like crazy for months, for really, really extended periods of time. And when you try to wean off of any of that food, they get very frustrated because you've set a precedent. You've set an expectation of you're going to get food every two seconds. And now if they don't get the food, now they're going to freak out. They bark, they'll go straight back into reactivity, they'll Uh, demand whine or demand bark. Some dogs move into aggression because when you have dogs with behavioral problems and you set an expectation and you don't meet that expectation, those dogs have the propensity for violence, right? Biting or demand barking or um, nipping, things like that. So when you set an expectation with a dog who has a propensity for aggression and you've set an expectation with food and you've pez dispensed that over and over and over weeks and months at a time and you withdraw from that or you attempt to, it became, it can becomes very ugly and very difficult. And we have to recondition the dog completely around food. Instead of food being a thing that's helpful for redirection, interruption, helping dogs calm down, Food becomes actually something that stimulates the dog. It gets them agitated. It gets them worked up. It does not represent um, clear, calm communication. It represents, I'm just going to shove treats in your face as quickly and as fast and as I can. So that way you don't react or you don't bark or you don't whine or anything like that. And I think one of the biggest questions that owners ask when you're using rewards as a part of your training system, like food rewards specifically, is how do I wean off the food? And we're going to talk about how do we wean off food? Because you shouldn't have to forever. I mean, depending on the dog. It is my opinion that you shouldn't have to have food on you 24-7 with your dog. Because if your dog is only compliant for the food, you do not have a healthy relationship with your dog. If your dog is only with you, around you, or whatever, only for food, and not because they like you, or you have a level of trust, and I'm not saying, oh, your dog just needs to listen to you because they respect you, that's not what I'm saying, and that's not what I'm getting at. I'm getting at the fact that people need to learn how to quickly 
begin spacing out their rewards with their dogs. Because when you start and you continue the process of every two seconds, every three seconds, every single time they sit, food, 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 food for a very extended period of time, and I'm going to try and be specific here, I mean months. When you are working on things with your dogs, it should be, depending on the dog, a few days or a few weeks as you start spacing out these rewards. Because that expectation for dogs who with severe behavioral problems becomes a liability. It becomes frustrating because they're like, listen, we, we made this rule together, right? You shove treats in my face every two seconds. And then the second you start to want to wean off that a little bit, the dog is like, what the fuck's going on here? The reality is dogs with behavioral problems are smart because they're really good at picking up on patterns. Dumb dogs are happy. It's like ignorance is bliss. It's really true. We, you know, trainers are not working with dumb dogs typically. I mean, I would say on average. Um, these smart dogs are phenomenal at picking up on patterns and they've picked up on that pattern. You do not need to Pez dispenser your dog for two months, regardless of what any trainer says. It should be Okay, the first week, every single time, okay, every single time we see a dog, we're redirecting or every single time they say sit, we're giving them food. Okay, but then after that first week, can we do it every other time? You'll get into intermittent and variable reward systems. You guys can look that up on your own time, but in general, you want to use intermittent reward schedules, not variable. Variable can really frustrate dogs. It's going to decrease the speed at which they do the behavior that you're looking for. Intermittent is more of like spacing out um, your rewards, not randomly giving the dog food. But anyways, when you start to wean off food within a few days or a few weeks with certain behaviors, um, that should look like if I am teaching my dog like an implied sit or an implied, or I'm sorry, an implied stay with like sit or down. If I'm super consistent with my dog for a week and a half, and this is not for puppies, by the way. For like a week and a half, every single time I say sit, that dog's getting food. And then the next week, what I'm going to start doing is half, you know, when, when we're out and about, I'm going to sit, I'm going to reward him every other time. So every two times, I'm going to reward him. And then I'm going to space that out to every three times. All right, cool, we're crushing it there. And every four times and so on and so forth until your, your dog's at a better place their behavior's better, they're not showing any, again, this is different for aggressive dogs, but they're not showing any propensity to aggression, and then you can start potentially randomly rewarding them, because dogs are going to play the lottery, they just, they, they're going to, if they think they're going to get food out of that, they're going to try, you know, that thing, so when you start, if a trainer is like, every single time you see a dog, you need to start feeding your dog food, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going to argue with that, whatever. I, I'm not going to get into that argument. That's fine. But we need to start asking our dogs very quickly off the bat a little bit more. I need you to stay calm and not lose your cool a little bit longer before I throw out the food. Okay, maybe it's three seconds. Maybe it's just a three second difference. Every other day, I'm adding a few seconds of time before I redirect the dog with food. There has to get a point of self-soothing. And if you're constantly feeding that dog food, which is information, they're never getting 
to the point where they can self-soothe. It's kind of like helicopter parents. Helicopter parents create insecure children because they never allow their children to make mistakes in a structured way. They never develop the confidence to work through that. Dogs need to learn how to self-soothe. And if you are plummeting them with information all the time where they don't even have a chance to stop, think, perceive, self-soothe any of that stuff, you're keeping your dog in kindergarten for way too long. And what happens when your dog's in kindergarten for too long and then they're three years old, but they have the mindset of a six-month-old puppy? They're going to throw a fit. They're going to throw a tantrum because they're frustrated because you set the tone very clearly. You were so consistent for so long that it actually hurt you. You need to change expectations quickly and swiftly for the average dog, the average client that I have with behavioral problems. Off the bat, within a few weeks, we are learning how to wean down the amount or the frequency of food that we're giving to the dogs within reason, right? If the dog needs a little bit more information through food or through a reward system, we're going to do that. But if you see these dogs, these these dogs that I have seen who have gone through these programs where it's just food, 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 they are fucking psycho about food. Food no longer represents relaxation and calm. It represents frustrated, out of control, confusion, agitation. And then we have to go back and reset what food represents. It's like the second you, if you, the second you remove food and your dog immediately goes back to whatever it was doing, did you train them? The short answer is no. You, it, it, it was just management, just like anything else, just like a, you know, an e-collar, a prong collar, an adversive or whatever. If your dog's going straight back to that behavior after you remove the tool, did we train them? No. And you can call it what it is. If you're like, hey, this is straight up management. My dog won't listen without this. Fine, call it that. But don't say that you've trained the dog because you haven't. And I think owners need to have a clear track of how that should look, how that should feel with their dog. Like in the beginning when I'm teaching place, for some dogs, I'm going to be throwing food to them a lot when they're on place in the beginning. But then literally the next week or the next two weeks after that, it's going to be less. And then if they're killing it there, then I'm going to do, you know, and then I'm going to ask a little bit more. Ask more of your dogs within reason. So you should be able to redirect them and maybe give you know one treat versus three treats or you should be able to let them look at that dog for two extra seconds before you interrupt them you need to find pockets of in areas within your dog's relationship with you where you can be asking a little bit maybe you wait um, a minute longer to go outside to release them to go outside because their desire, the reward is them going outside. Maybe you make, make them wait a little bit longer for that. Maybe you make them wait a little bit longer for their food at night or to get out of the crate or to get their leash on. You have to teach your dogs patience and emotional resiliency. And if you are just, again, shoving those food that food in your dog's face constantly for long periods of time, more than a few weeks, you're going to set your dog up for failure because it happens all the time and then people are like well you need a higher value treat or I've had clients who are like I've had to cut up five hot dogs and, and carry that around for six months that is insane I work with gnarly ass dogs never had to do that never had to do that because that's crazy yeah you can't be what are you gonna do carry cheese and hot dogs around for months at a time I'm not saying that that can't be part of it I'm not trying to shame people 
who've gone through that. But if your trainer isn't talking about what are the next stages in order to wean off information, it's not that I don't want to reward dogs. It's not that I don't want to incentivize behavior, but that can't stay forever because if it stays forever, we didn't change how the dog feels. We just have distracted them with food and that doesn't fix anything. An example I will give of like where I've seen this is owners who condition their dogs to place where they, right when the dog gets on place for like months, they've done this, even a few weeks can create some frustration. They send their dog to place or they put their dog on place and they give the food reward immediately, right when the dog gets on place immediately. And they've done this for months and months and months and they're like, I can't get my dog to stay on place and they won't go there unless I have a treat. So I want to, I'm going to get into two things here of the frequency and the consistency of when and how they were rewarding them and then getting your dogs to listen to you for the food or um, I'm sorry, for your verbal cue instead of food. So if your dog, if every single time your dog went to place and you did this for months and they immediately got food and then you don't give them food one day, they're going to be like, what is up? What's going on here? I provided you the behavior. I need the food. And again, for these aggressive dogs, they are not going to take that lightly, you know. They're definitely going to give you some feedback that you might lo- might not like. Um, what I would do instead of that is within the first couple of days of c- me conditioning place is I wait longer and longer to give the dog food on place. So, you know, some people do it right when they get on. Cool. And then I'm going to do it two minutes, you know, I'm going to make them wait two minutes and then I'm going to give food and then I'm going to make them three minutes and four minutes and so on and so forth. So they're not reliant. They're not expecting that food immediately right when they get on place because when they don't get it, they're like, I'm getting off. Screw this. This is not what I signed up for. This is not the game that I thought that we were playing. And then I get the, how do we wean off food? My dog only listens to me for food. Part of that is likely how you are giving the food and how you're applying your verbal cues. Dogs will pick, always, dogs will always pick up on your physical cues faster than your verbal cues because they're, you know, they're looking at your physical cues. That's much more important than the audible cue that you're giving. So if you are saying sit, but the treat was in your hand, already out, you're, you're posturing a little bit with your body language, and then you say sit, guess what? You didn't teach your dog the audible sit. Try it out. Right now, pause my podcast. I want you to go grab your dog. I want you to turn around. Don't look at your dog. Don't don't look at your dog at all. Turn around. Tell your dog to sit. I'm going to guess 90% of them don't do it because they've been reliant on the physical cue, whether it's your, like, your hand moving up or your body moving into them a little bit or the treat in your hand. If your dog is not listening to you Uh, your verbal cues and they are only listening to the food cues or the physical cues really is what it is, that is an easy fix, to be honest with you. What's going to have to happen is you say sit and then the physical cue happens. So it's sit, like a one second delay, and then the physical cue happens, like your hand signal, your body, or the food coming out or whatever. But you get that behavior first and then the food comes after. This is especially for, you know, obedience. Or you're saying, like, um, when I'm teaching the leave it command, I'm saying leave it and then after that, after I've said that verbal cue first, then the reward is going to come after that. Or the pressure, if you're you're teaching with leash pressure, 
um, the leave a command. So the, how, you need to look at your body language and what that's telling the dog because I promise you that's what they're going to be looking at first. If you're teaching down and they're like, well, they won't down in this setting and they won't do this. I'm like, think about how you taught your down. Did you have to lure your dog a little bit? Did you do a little hand signal? That is what your dog is focusing on, not your verbal cue. So you have to be very clear and concise with your verbal is very clearly first and then the physical act of reaching for your treat pouch or whatever it might be has to come second in order for your dog to understand that verbal cue. That's another thing of like, well, how do I wean off food? It wasn't necessarily that maybe they were using too much food. It was just the way in which they were conditioning their verbal cues was not in a way that the dog was going to understand it clearly. Um, always verbal first. Verbal very clearly first and everything else is after that or else your dog is not going to understand what that means. Like um, if people are using like a long line to condition come, um, you say come and then you give a little bit of pressure on the leash if the dog doesn't come back, and then you give the food versus bending down, holding a treat out, you're like squatting to like get your dog to come back to you. you I'm not saying you can't do that in the beginning. Uh, I mean, I want you to be exciting. I probably ask my clients to like bend down and s sort of throw the dog a party, but that verbal cue has to come first before I squat down and I'm reaching out with food. And then again, I'm going to have to wean off the whole squatting down, holding out the food thing quickly. Within a few days of repetition of that, I am working towards being able to stand there stoically and recall my dog and have them listen. Because the reality is when people are like, my dog won't listen for food, you have to think about how you conditioned that behavior with the food. When you conditioned come, you're probably, when you're practicing, you're being exciting, you were bending down, you were giving the dog a treat, right? But then you're at the dog park or you're at a friend's house. Are you doing that exact same setup? Because if it's not exactly the same to most dogs in the beginning, they're not going to get it. They have not generalized that behavior for a different, to a different environment. Um, I'm getting in the weeds here. I hope, I, I'm going to keep this short and sweet, even though I don't, I don't know how short this is. I hope that you got something out of this. I hope it sort of got you thinking about how and when you're giving food to your dog and whether they get frustrated about food. How can I start spacing out my food rewards? How can I start getting them to self-soothe a little bit every single day? I want them going up in grades. I'm not keeping them in kindergarten forever. If you have any questions, if you like the podcast, please, re please review this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can join me on Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram at Pack Leader Help. The website is packleaderhelp.com. I appreciate you guys, and I'm so excited for all the episodes that are going to be coming out in season two. Have an awesome week.